they didn't have to sit by the pool. They could have been like doing comedy shows. They could have been creating art. Yeah, they could have been playing music. They could have been doing a million things. Yeah, exploring the universe in a more meaningful way than floating around on a cruise ship. Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog, episode one for Friday, April 10th, 2015. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, we discuss negative reactions to Amazon's new Dash smart button. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. So the day before April Fool's 2015, Amazon announced a new product called the Dash button. Yes. Did you think this was an April Fool's joke? Yes. Well, yeah, because I did too at first. (laughs) When you sent it, I think you sent it to me. And I was like, yes, this is so cool. And then I tweeted about it. And then I saw, and I was like, oh, tomorrow's April Fool's. I can't believe. Yeah, I I didn't realize that until later too. And I was like, oh no, this is a joke. Mm. So, but I poked around and I was like, well, it's it's March 30. It was a weird date that they picked. Yeah. And so I looked around and um, it was pretty, it was really in depth. I was like, Mm -hmm. this seems kind of over the top and not that funny. So it's probably real. It might be real. (laughs) And there was like a real sign up and everything. So, you know, I was stoked. So I signed up for it. Yeah, I was was super excited. I signed up the instant I saw it before I realized that it, that, Hey, maybe this is a joke. And then, (laughs) (laughs) so we've talked about smart buttons yeah, so you and I have talked about smart buttons before on that other podcast we did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Folks may be familiar with the Niche Podcast, the precursor to Terrifying Robot Dog. Yes. And we've talked about smart bu- buttons at length there, so we don't want to uh, overdo that. Um, we want to focus specifically on this the the reaction, which seemed almost overwhelmingly negative. Yeah, it did. It did. I thought it was pretty cool, but I told Richard about it, and his first reaction was, oh my God, that's horrible. Right. Erica was like, that's never going to work. And I was like, really? So the, now the first, the first I saw of it was, um, Scott Hanselman, I think is how you say his name. Who's a mm-hmm. pretty well-known developer, uh, which really is really, I mean, he's a developer, like what you'd think he'd love this kind of thing. Right. Um, but his reaction was like, it, he, his first reaction was that, are we really this lazy that we need yeah. a button to reorder our coffee? And I was super taken aback by that, especially from a developer. But I did see tons of other people, you know, wringing their hands about, uh, you know, like this is the worst thing ever. And I'm like, do you really want to go to the store? Like is going to the store to buy laundry detergent? Uh, It's not not like socializing. It's not like I blame. I blame Pixar for this. Pixar? For this for this perception, because Wally has created this sort of fear. (laughs) <laughs> so the thing about Wally that I, Wally always comes up whenever the technology is used to create convenience. Yeah. Somebody always like, Oh, here we go. Now we're going to be floating around in space for infinity on a <laughs> cr- giant cruise ship sitting around drinking soda. The, my reaction, my pushback on that is always the same thing, which is like the problem with, there's a lot of things going on in Wally. There's like, it's not just convenience on planet earth. There's it's complicated. Yeah. First of all, it's a cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> but the point, but you do get the sense that the the creators of the movie were trying to get that that mm-hmm. that yeah. fat lazy human thing across, and that you know it's yeah. like that technology versus nature thing. And 
my reaction to it is like, uh, well, the reason why everybody has that reaction to the movie is because nobody did anything. Just because right. all of their their daily con- their daily um, chores and daily maintenance and upkeep was taken care of, they didn't have to sit by the pool. They could have been like doing comedy shows. They could have been creating art. Yeah, or... they could have been playing music. They could have been doing a million things. Yeah, exploring the universe in a more meaningful way than floating around on a cruise ship. Yeah, just because technology could fill all of our basic human needs doesn't mean that we're going to turn into a bunch of fat loads. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that drives me nuts. Yeah, we're not going to go the idiocracy route. We're not going to. Yeah, why would you? Yeah. <laughs> you'll still get bored. Right. You'll get even more bored. Yeah. You'll get more creative because there'll be less to do. Right. It's like, why Why do why are menial chores somehow seen as more real? But anyway, so right. that's, that's my my reaction to the lazy thing and to Wally in general is like, is like, well, every tool that you make is to extend your innate Mm -hmm. human capabilities. So like, are we really so lazy that we have to use a hammer? (laughs) Can't we just push really hard on the nail until it goes into the wood? (laughs) Yeah. Or like, why should we, we should be just joining these things by, you know, whittling them. We we shouldn't be joining pieces of wood together. We should be whittling pegs. So I, I have no patience for the, the, um, the lazy thing. It's like the more menial, labor you can take out of my life and everyone's life the better it's also and yeah whatever but people won't see it like that because there's the the um you know perhaps contributing to that is the is that it's amazon and that um there are other negative so well there's a bunch there are there are some some potentially negative ramifications for certain segments of the industry Mm -hmm. um so, in fact, that was one you brought up. Did, was it you or Richard that was feeling like, how, how was this going to affect local businesses? If Yeah, no, that, that was me, but it was just, I'm, I'm not hugely concerned about it. But um, I, I, like you, think that the button is a good thing. But just for, for the sake of argument, I mean, you could argue that Amazon's taking business away from, from small local stores or even big local stores, which to a degree it is. But a lot of times those local businesses can compete on things like service. Um, but, you know, when you're – which is fine if you're buying a specialized item, like maybe you're getting a computer or and you want to talk to a real person or, or something. But if you're just buying like paper towels and dish soap, there's no competing on service there. Like I'm not going to get up and go to the store to buy like diapers from my local store just when I can just push a button and, and not have to – yeah. Not have to do anything. And <laughs> baby stuff's a perfect example too, because who wants to take the kid out when you can push a button? Oh yeah. Yeah, big time. It's well Dash is Dash is right now specifically for yeah. consumer like these sort of consumables, like stuff that you constantly need that runs out, like laundry detergent laundry and coffee detergent. pods and um, yeah, it's, it seems like they've only partnered with a few or it's, it seems like they're only offering a few things right now. And I'm wondering I'm wondering if they they have it limited right now um, just for the sake of the simplicity of development and fulfillment while they're testing this out. Mm-hmm. Or if they're going to these companies and saying, hey, you give us money, we'll let people order your product with a, with a button and they don't have to do anything. Mm, they I, can just push a button. I'm assuming the latter. And the two companies they have signed up are Kimberly-Clark and Procter & Gamble. Yeah. Um, and even considering the range of brands that those two companies represent, there's a surprisingly small selection of 
products mm-hmm. that you can get. So there is. I was I was a little disappointed by that, but right. I'm hoping it will. I'm sure it will grow over time. Mm. I'm hoping it does it rather quickly. I wonder. I wonder if we should maybe we should describe a little bit about. I don't know if everybody has seen this, um, but to just to summarize real quickly, what happened? You go on. You go on to Amazon, and we don't. You know, no one has them yet. But the, according to the videos and stuff, you go on Amazon. You sign up for uh, a button. You get a button. It's a physical button. It's about the size of uh, like a. Looks like it's a maybe the size of a Matchbox car. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows what those are. <laughs> And you, it's just got a button and it's got like a, a flat front face on it that you can put a sticker on that represents the product that it orders. And, yeah, I, and there's a little light on it too. Oh, I didn't notice the light. Yeah. There's a little, um, I believe what it is, once an order has been placed, I believe the, the little light comes on. And I don't know if it comes on. I know it, in the video they showed they press the button and the light comes on. I'm hoping the light stays on until the item is delivered. Mm-hmm. Because they've got all their their online order tracking and everything, they could easily do that. Mm-hmm. That way, say I don't push the laundry detergent button, and then Richard comes by later and says, "Oh, we need laundry detergent," and pushes the button. Yeah, that was one of the one of the other common complaints that you had brought up, which was that people were afraid that you know their kid would just play with the button, and you'd end up with forty five tons of laundry detergent. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I mean, Amazon could easily say, "Okay, the button's been pressed. We're not going to let it." We're not going to let that order be repeated until the thing is delivered. And that is how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So the so the button the button comes to your house, and my assumption is that you it comes with a bunch of stickers that you can mm-hmm. you can put on the front of it so you know which button is for what, and then you connect it to your Wi-Fi using an app on your phone, and uh, and there you can configure what the button does. So like mm-hmm. this button is to order this size of Tide detergent or this button is for ordering this quantity coffee. of coffee pods or whatever. And then you put the sticker, appropriate sticker on the front of it and then you put it at the point where you'll, you put it in the place of your house where you'd have the impulse to reorder. Yeah. So, you know, so it's, it's actually on the surface, it's really not that complicated, but behind the scenes, there's like massive machinery in place that's making, it's like, it's kind of like turning the entire global fulfillment chain into a vending machine in your house. <laughs> right? Yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. And I mean, it's a, it's a great idea to just be able to stick the button next to the, the thing that you run out of, because I quite often, you know, maybe I'm doing dishes and I'll use the last little dishwasher detergent pod thing and I'll go, oh, I need to buy some more of those. Uh, do you remember to get that next time at the, at the store? And and then the next time I go to the store, I completely forget it. Yep. Yeah. Another reaction that I got from a lot of people was that, oh, well, I could just put it on my phone. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. And you, or you could just write it down on a piece of paper or right. you could just remember it or there's a million things you could do. Well, yeah, but like I said, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. It becomes this cognitive, and I admit it's a tiny cognitive load, but it's this cognitive load. You basically want to avoid that situation yeah. where you just got back from the store and you go, oh, I forgot oh, I to get hand yeah. soap. Yeah. And that happens like once a week at our house. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. And, and like you said, cognitive load, and it's not that we're lazy and, and don't want to think it's that. You you realize you're out of like dish soap. You're in the middle of doing things. You don't want to stop what you're doing. Your hands are wet. Maybe you know who wants to. You know it's not like you're you're too lazy to remember it. It's that you're in the middle of doing other things when this stuff comes up. Yep, exactly. And especially I especially like that you mentioned the hands wet thing because it's the same with the laundry detergent. At least the way our house is set up, um, you're you probably it's probably one of the places where you wouldn't have your phone on you. 
and you aren't near right. like your desk. You're in the basement in a corner, right. <laughs> and it's you know it is just a clumsy place to do it. There's it's not a good place to put anything down. Yeah, um, it's like you were in the laundry room at our house. You've climbed over two buckets of dog food, and you're stuck in a corner. Yeah, same here. It's very similar here. So it's like we have to go past like Cooper's makeshift punching bag, and like you know, you just want to press the button, right. and then and. Anyway, so I don't see that as being incapable of remembering to order laundry detergent five minutes later. I don't see that as lazy. It's more like, why would I want to remember that? It's not good for anything. Yeah. So, um, so Erica, who is like, you know, who now is a stay at home mom, but her entire adult career was in retail. Right. Um, I was really interested to see what she had to say about this. And she had a bunch, she had, I thought, the most practical uh, objections to it. Okay. I'd like to hear these then. Yeah. Well, first she was like, she was like, I, I would never put one of those in the house. And I was like, why? We have a million gadgets in the house. We even have that haiku thing sitting on the, uh, the, the windowsill in the kitchen, which is kind of similar it is kind of similar, and given how much you all love the haiku, I thought Erica would like these buttons. Yeah, right. But there's there are some significant differences. So first of all, she's like, I don't want a button for everything that I reorder because she was like, we'd have fifty buttons just under the kitchen sink, and we'd have another twenty five inside of like the pantry. The <laughs> yeah, she's like, there would be buttons all over the house if we were really going to use those. And I was like, oh, that's a valid point. That is that is a valid point. You, it literally does end up like a vending machine. Like mm-hmm. you need to, you need a dedicated place to put all your buttons, and and then you'd have to remember to walk to it, and it defeats the purpose of the button. Right. No, you have to put it where you store the thing. <laughs> right. You have to. So yeah, you just have like random buttons littered all over the house. Right. And and then and the other big one she brought up is they're ugly. Like she doesn't want this big branded Tide button made out of white plastic and look they do look kind of flimsy you know there it's not like this really cool it's not like you know apple didn't make it yeah (laughs) she's like i don't want these i'm you know i don't want this ugly button stuck to the front of a thousand dollar dishwasher or you know like my beautiful samsung washing machine and i was like okay that's that's less yeah that's that's less of a concern for me because i'm like it's a washing machine no one cares and the rest of the stuff could be is kind of going to be hidden away in drawers and in cabinets and that sort of thing. But yeah, I can, I can kind of see the point there. They, they are, they are eyesores. But. I, I agree with you that it's not that big a deal. Like for her to say like, Oh, but it's going to ruin the clean lines of the, the washing machine. And I feel like saying, look around, you're in a complete disaster area. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like a bomb dropped in our basement, but right. But but it's a it's a point. I'm sure it's uh, certainly. I I really wouldn't want fifty of them even under our sink. Yeah, that's true. When when you when you're talking about one or two of them, the the aesthetics is not a big deal. But when you're talking about having like forty of them throughout your kitchen, mm-hmm. yep. So I thought that was interesting. Um, the other thing she was like, uh, she brought up a bunch of good points. Another one was, um, well, how do I know what price it is? So, because prices change all the time on Amazon, like she's much more in right. tune with how much stuff costs. Yeah, that w- that was actually my first thought, but then I thought, you know, it's for laundry to things like laundry detergent and Clorox wipes, and it's all stuff I need, and the price doesn't going to fluctuate that much. And either way, I'm still going to get it, and I really don't care. Right, right. So but. she was she was like, um, 
I mean, you can imagine though, you can, you can totally see this happening, right? Like Procter and Gamble's like, sweet, we're going to get all these buttons. We'll probably, they'll probably offer deals on mm-hmm. the products. People get the buttons, they get it in the house. And then slowly over time, they start to raise the price because they've got this little bit of friction in the house. Like, oh, it's yeah. so convenient, but it's a little more expensive, but. Yeah. Like maybe every month it goes up by a nickel. Right. And I, I presume what'll happen is because Amazon already has a, um, uh, they already have this thing where if you put stuff in your shopping cart and you leave it there, which we do a lot, mm-hmm. you know, Erica will be like, eh, or I'll be like, eh, I don't know if we already have this. I don't know if, or she'll be like, you know, I don't know if he's going to like this rug or whatever it is. It wouldn't yeah, be Yeah, there's, rug, there's but, always stuff in my Amazon cart. Yeah. And so they give you these notifications when prices change on stuff that's in your cart. So I wonder if when you press the button... Um, it will send you a push notification to your phone that you could deal with. And, you know, you'll be reminded to deal with in 10 minutes when you are in a different context. Right. Says, because supposedly, supposedly you have a chance to go into the app and um, cancel an order. Right. There's, there probably is some timeout where you can press mm-hmm. it and just be like, uh, you know, press it. And then you know that it's on your list and it will be ordered. Yeah. If you don't stop it within like the next hour. Or right. Whatever. Right. So. Anyway, so I think th- I think there are some software solutions to that particular problem, um, but uh, it'd, yeah. be no- it'd be annoying to push a button and get a push notification that hey, the price has changed every time you push it. Yeah, right. It has to be a balance. Yeah. Um, but and so some of the other stuff. Speaking, uh, we, we briefly talked about the effect on local businesses or, or businesses in general, re- basically physical retailers, like brick and mortar retailers. Yeah. Right. And uh, Amazon's already annihilating them. Mm-hmm. There, there's already, they're already scrambling. And this, this, I agree that it takes it to a new level, especially combined with one or two hour delivery, which they are rolling out. Amazon's rolling out. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does take it to the next level of like, holy moly, what are we going to do to get people in here? Right. And her take on that is that, um, which I agree with, is that they're, they're, there's a, a bunch of people, retailers, and there was one the other day, I'll never remember the name, but it was, oh no, I do remember the name, it was Toys R Us. <laughs> they said, um, they said, oh, you know, we're we reconfiguring the stores and we're going to make it a, a destination store. It's going to be fun and like, you know, blah, blah, blah about all this stuff. And that will convince our customers that our higher prices are worth paying, basically. And no, it won't. It and won't. She, yeah, she was like, uh, no, that's not no. going to work. So they the so she believes that um uh sort of it's it's almost like we're headed to for a return to mom and pops because those sort of boutique relationship based vendors are going Mm -hmm. to be much more resilient in the face of stuff like amazon than a big box store is going to be yeah a a comp usa or like a, a staples imagine these buttons in an office and what will that do to staples? <laughs> right. Like put it but one by the copy paper, one by the toner. Oh man, I would love it if I had one of these on my printer. So anyway, so I think actually the businesses that stand to get really eaten by this are the big, huge ones. And I don't really feel too bad about that because those are the same ones that put all the mom and pops out of business in the eighties. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, man, they're kind of, they're kind of evil corp anyway. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, they employ a lot of people and there's ramifications there, but, um, 
you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like, how hard is the plane going to land? Is it going to be a crash? Is it going to be a rough right. landing or is it going to be a smooth landing? Uh, who knows? That's, that will play out over time. But she's like, the, she um, separates, she's like, um, her response to people online who are saying things like, um, you know, shopping will never go away. You know, retailers that are like, shopping will never go away. There will always be bricks and mortar. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, that's true. But there are different classes of shopping. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that the button specifically targets in Amazon in general, or even their uh, subscribe and save stuff, um, that is all targeted at the class of shopping that she doesn't like. Yeah. And she loves shopping. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point because people people do like shopping for some strange reason. Um, <laughs> I know I'm not but, a good person to talk about yeah, this, which is why yeah, I'm referencing. Like I, her. I don't I don't shop. I buy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. But um, you know, no one no one enjoys going out and and buying toilet paper on their Saturday. You know, right? It's a chore. Yeah. An errand. It's like something you'd wouldn't you much rather be like watching the game, talking to friends. Playing you know, with the kids. Yeah, there's like a thousand other things you'd rather go do than than pick up. Take a nap. <laughs> yeah, toilet paper and laundry detergent. It's a commodity product. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing fun about it. Like she, like if she, and she talked about it by like, you know, she's a huge Target fan. She loves Target and she'll go in there and she's like, she's like, I can tell you exactly what categories are. So it was, it was interesting because um, she, uh, we talked at length about, um, product category like is there a product category that is going to be specifically damaged by this like skincare products or pharmacy or candy or um you know it's gonna be paper goods and cleaning supplies so right but it's but it it is so i was wondering like that it will definitely be those but i'm i was trying to to this might be a little too inside baseball but she she her last job was at cvs where she dealt with product managers and mm-hmm. if you picture a CVS, which I assume probably many people in the U.S. have been inside a CVS, each aisle is more or less managed by a different product buyer. So there's like a buyer who does the skincare aisle. There's a buyer who does um, candy and promotional, which is the center. There's a buyer who does the the green cards. Every, every category has got a buyer, and that buyer is like super expert in the category. And getting the yeah. best price and knowing if they should buy their, their, you know, should they be offering Coke or Pepsi, you know, basically. Yeah. And so I was wondering if, if like, we're going to see like, something like the button is just going to, like, take out one of these aisles, take out one of these product <laughs> managers. Right. You know, like, all of a sudden, like, this entire category just disappears. Like, which aisle is going to get wiped out by the button? Yes, exactly. And she, and we talked about it, and she was like, no, it, it won't. There'll be, there'll be some items in each category that get destroyed and there are some items in each category that people will like shopping for mm-hmm. which was i thought was really complicated like that i'm like yeah, man that, that really complicates that's, that's it. convoluted mm. that'll be that's going to be really hard for big retail retailers to respond to because it's not like you know worst case scenario it's not like you can just lay off your printer paper guy because the printer right. paper guy also is the one who knows all about printers and you're still going to sell those. No one's going to have a button that sends them a new printer. <laughs> Imagine that. You're not going to have a button you use once every two years. No, you're not. You're not. Uh, anyway, so I, I thought that was bizarre. Like, can you, I can't imagine being in the situation of like responding to this. And I, I am, well, I can't imagine because you know what they're going to do is just ignore it. Because that's what big companies yeah. do. 
Probably so, yeah. So now seems like a really weird time to be a retailer. I think it's I think it offers a lot of opportunity for people who want to take advantage of it, especially for smaller businesses. Yeah, it it gives well, and even larger retailers, it gives them an opportunity to specialize and become better at selling the things people don't want to use a button for. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's it, it will for small businesses, but I don't think the big companies are going to. It's hard to imagine they'll be nimble yeah. enough to make the kind of adjustments that they because this stuff's just going to keep coming. It is. It is. This is the, right now. Really feels like we're hitting the tip of an iceberg, and it feels like within the next two to three years, it's just we're going to have like this downpour of things like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, I think we're just in for a wild ride, like you said. The next yeah. two or three years, like printers going to be ordering their own stuff. Washing machines are going to be ordering their own stuff. Yeah, printers are going to be printing copies of themselves. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I am uh, so next close to buying show. a 3D printer. I know. They're so cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and 3D printers can, like, print parts to repair themselves. Granted, you have to print them before the printer breaks, presumably, but... Yeah, good point. Yeah, two printers and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll save that for another show. Yeah. So that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to receive a weekly email with links we mention in the show, pull out your phone and text FUTURE to 33444. And we'll add your email address to our mailing list. Again, text FUTURE to 33444 to be added to the TRD email list. Terrifying Robot Dog is a spinoff of the Niche podcast, which was a tech show Kelly and I ran for three years. Niche was more focused on nuts and bolts of tech, but we did often get into big picture discussions that the Terrifying Robot listener might enjoy. You can check it out at niche.cc. 